Welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, uh, Mr. Number 9. And this is the phone. everyone we are back in the podcast business and we are back in our bread and butter the premier league and the champions league and yeah. not in that order like <laughs> the opposite order like i should have totally said that the other way around well like both have been incredibly unpredictable this season unmissable in my opinion yeah it's been riveting stuff um it's been saying onto websites all the time keeping track watching the games been amazing you say into the stupid stuff everything's been all around the place it's just been hard to predict week to week who's going to do well i mean and we've got teams like brentford just absolutely nailing it still you know you may have thought that the first week was we have a team team from a country that technically doesn't exist who went to beat the mighty real Madrid. I don't think anything yeah. is out of the. Co- no. uh, uh, is That's it? the ultimate um, David Gillard story, right? Like the team that's won the Champions League the most in the history of the Champions League versus a team that doesn't even have a country. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely. Why well, should I move think... on to what happened? Like. Champions yeah. League, which has Champions been League. incredible. So we've at Paris Saint Germain has looked absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, I think uh, in the Champions League so far. Um, yeah, yeah. After, after their initial draw, um, that game against City, uh, they've shown that they will. They know how to win it tough. Um, I think they've kind of guaranteed. It would be incredible if Manchester City didn't go out of the group stage. Uh, if Club Bruce somehow kept them down, because that happens in Champions Leagues when it yeah. when you get the order fall out like that. Um, because City also have to play Leipzig, which is not an easy club to play. Because Leipzig's going to at least try to go for a third place spot to get get into a Europa. Um, so that group has already become tougher. But it looks like Club Bruce, who we kind of picked as the potential down team, are going to go ahead. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd still put um, City as more favourites to do it because they're still going to play for Like, Bruges is still going to play City. Yeah. So, um, but that could be an interesting game. Yeah. Let's see how that definitely more If they draw, if they get to draw a City at home and maybe get another draw against one of the big clubs at home, that's. Uh, or even a sneaky win. That's basically that's them for the to the next round, isn't it? Almost, Almost. a draw and a, a good a good draw against one of those teams and a good uh, and a sneaky win, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're on four points. They're giving them four points. They'd be eight. Mm-hmm. Might need to sneak another draw in there just to go undefeated through the the group stage to get it through. This, yeah. It depends what you say. You still got. Leipzig still has got lots to play for because they can't get out of this. Um, so it depends on how the other games all fall out a little bit. So you might be right, eight points might be just enough to. I'm to get like I'm assuming Leipzig will get a point out, uh, get a few like 
managed to get a point and a win against one of the city, you know, one one of those two city or Saint uh, Paris Saint Germain, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because they're gonna play games at home and, like I said, they're gonna be uh, vehemently wanting to get at least third place. Yes, City might even have a fight in their hands with Leipzig for yeah, yeah. third. Following on from that, the next group, Liverpool look imperious, I think. Oh, yeah. um, they're going to obviously play uh, Atletico, and we'll that'll probably decide it in the end. But yeah, and Atletico, I think, have shown why they're, they we consider them to be second favorite here. And yeah, yeah. yeah, Porto, AC Milan, it's really tough to pick. Both clubs had been pretty poor. Um, mm. We'll... It'll depend on how they play out. Maybe that point by Porto is going to end up being vital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting a point against Atletico. The other side of it, Ajax Amsterdam, like, I'm looking incredible. And this yeah. is, we picked this, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that they were going to do well. Uh, Borussia Dortmund also looking really good. Um, I think those two are getting, are running out there. Um, sporting are in dire shambles. Lots of issues off the field as well. So I think Besiktas might manage to hold on to third. Yeah, now, yeah. obviously, the informed team, Sheriff yeah. Tiraspol. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I think Sheriff don't even have a... Both their wins have been away from home. Yeah, yeah, from, exactly. They haven't played home yet. So I, they have nothing to fear from this group. If, if they get two points... At home to from Inter and Real, yeah, uh, doable. And I think they can probably look. You know, they, they've played well enough. Their their coach knows how to play tactically. They can probably beat Shakhtar Donetsk if or one of those two I think, again. Like, I definitely think they can get a, at least one win out of the, the two games against them yet. So. Yeah, and I think basically nine points should be enough. Nine points, and maybe yeah. if they can manage to not lose a game at home, that should be enough to get them through. Top of the group as well, by the way, not just yeah, through. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. The one more win is, or a couple of draws is enough to get them through. Like, but yeah. A win and a draw, and that's pretty much guaranteed them top spot, which is pretty awesome. It could be incredible because they might end up facing someone like Club Bruges if they are second from Group A, which could oh, be yeah. their reward. Which would be, um, for either of those two clubs, it'd be like you know a great reward. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Bayern Munich, yeah, they're favourites yeah. for a reason, so they're showing yeah, yeah. why. Uh, and Benfica, I think, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, looking really uh, good as well. Uh, managing to beat Barcelona, like who are not great. Uh, Barcelona, no. I think, are just out of it now. I think Diana Mikiev's gonna. Managed to get third place here. Um, sorry, Barca fans, but I think the tournament's looking over. It is not looking good at all. Yeah. Now, Man United, Manchester United managed to sneak a win from Villarreal. Um, yeah. Disappointing <laughs> loss to young boys, I should mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Atalanta on top of the table. I would not be surprised if Atalanta just stayed top of the table. Um, obviously, I think United are going to beat young boys to second place, but not guaranteed. Um, United might be lucky to get a Europa spot. And if they are, um, I'll be honest here, Liverpool look better than them in the league. And we are going to get into this. Liverpool, Chelsea and City, I think, have all looked better than Manchester United. So they should 
be targeting the Europa League because they're not even guaranteed fourth necessarily. I think. Yeah, yeah. Could be so, it's a tough time for United. Um, next group, FC Salzburg. There's at least one uh, Red Bull team who are <laughs> looking good in the Champions League. Yeah. So they've managed to get four points. Um, good on them. Um, they're probably at least second here looking at this group. They've probably yeah, yeah. points in the bag, as we know, is better than you know having them in uh, games in hand or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And in this situation, Lille, uh, disappointing after being champions of France and yeah, uh, yeah. first title in ages. But yeah, and Wolfsburg and Sevilla, like, it's, I don't think Sevilla, Sevilla are just so canny in Europe, right? I think they're going to end up topping the group anyway, just because they're just so experienced in European yeah, football. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And heck, if they do finish third, they're going to win the Europa League, right? Like, that's just what happens. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It seems to be the way of things. So, yeah, Sevilla, they're obviously one of the favorites, I think, from Group G now. And Juve, Chelsea, Zenit, and Malmo. That's a, we said that this was a tough group. Yeah. Obviously, Juve look incredibly good, back to form. I think, yeah, fair to say, in Europe especially. Yeah. Yeah, Zenit and Chelsea are going to fight it out for that second spot. And it's tough, I think. Only reason Zenit are behind Chelsea is head-to-head, I think, at the moment. Like, Chelsea beats Zenit. But it's going to be potentially tough to beat Zenit at home. Yeah, that is going to be be tougher. But hopefully we can do that. And hopeful that we can potentially pick up a win against um, Juve. We were back at... Oh, no, it was at Stamford Bridge as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I know. Maybe we've got to beat Zenit. And then that just keeps us into the Champions League. For some reason, I was thinking we'd gone to... Gone away to Juventus. I'm pretty sure that was actually at Stamford Bridge. That was a yeah. disappointing loss. Definitely, uh, I imagine. Disappointing for Chelsea fans. For at least one of the two of us in this podcast. <laughs> yes. I think if Chelsea, Chelsea have showed that if they get past the group stage, they're just so canny and the Champions League just they yeah, yeah. didn't go far. So I would, I still think they're gonna go through. I think this is just gonna be a tough struggle, um, especially because you guys are in the hunt for the uh, Champions League spots. You're not just one of those, you know, one of many. You are one of the teams, yeah, yeah. favorite to win. Sorry, to one of the favorites to win the uh, Premier League. Yeah, currently on top. So yes, and I think almost we can almost say it's entirely. City's own fault that you guys are because they didn't buy a striker. No one was forcing them not to buy a striker. <laughs> yeah, they could at least had a backup plan to Harry Kane. I mean, yeah, it's just incredible to think that's how it turned up. You obviously, if Harry Kane had gone to uh, Manchester City, it's yeah, the league is over, and yeah. and I still stand by that statement. Like, imagine how good uh, Manchester City would be with uh, Harry Kane. Yeah, well, just with any proper striker. And Harry Kane's yeah. the obvious one for that. Yeah. Even just... Danny Ings. <laughs> with, no, yeah, no, no. With no disrespect, because he was one of the no. players they were potentially targeting. Yeah. He's be such a useful player to have. And like, a great buy by Villa to get him. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That'd be disrespect to him either. Just, but you're right, like. As long as they'd had a striker and a decent striker, Jennings definitely falls into that category of being a good yeah, striker. Yeah. Like it'd just be crazy to see how good they were. And they've already they had picked up fourteen goals so far, which 
it's still pretty good. Only Liverpool and Chelsea have scored more than them. Yes. Uh, and they've only had three goals scored against them, which is equal with us being the stingiest. So, like, fit a few more goals in, suddenly they're, yeah, yeah crazy scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're still crazy scary, don't get oh, me yes. wrong. But, like, they're scarier. That said, the season's been so topsy-turvy as such, with everybody sort of doing really well and looking pretty scary. And I had an interesting graphic on the, um, on the news a few weeks back. I think it must have been five to six weeks with all the changes in every week there was a different configuration, I think, of the top 10 with a different per- different team at the top the first six. So now we've got the seventh week where Chelsea's back on top, we're back on top. So here, yes, that's I think, the first time it's repeated somebody being on top of the league that had been on top of the league previously. We still haven't got back-to-back keeping on top, so it's still a, a wide-open league as we currently rapidly head towards the, the silly season. Where all this stuff gets really sorted out. But, um, yeah. It's crazy, right? And I mean, look at Brentford seventh, and that's four points. Nobody says they don't deserve to be there. Like nobody's like they're lucky to be seventh. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Brentford, yeah, seventh. Yeah, that's exactly. But it's legit. (laughs) That's a win outside the top four. I mean, it's two points. An extra win, they're in the top four. Yeah. I mean, that's true down to Tottenham. They're eighth. West Ham's, you know, eleven. Before you get to Aston Villa, Arsenal ten. I mean, that's getting a a, a wider slide of a point. Yeah. That's two wins to the top. Before that, that's under two wins. Like, say, West Ham's 11, so that's five points off us at the top, which is not that large a difference. Yeah. So, I mean, starting the spring, that's still a lot of teams pretty close. Oh, yeah. A lot of teams are legitimately daring to dream. Yeah. That they will get Champions League spots, not just Europa spots, like they're competing for Champions League spots. And especially because every club, like club for clubs like Everton and West Ham and Brentford, they and they Brighton. don't, and Brighton, they don't have to worry about like, you know, playing European football. They're, yeah. Even though we kind of, we were, uh, we had a big rant about Arsenal in the last podcast, famously or infamously. You decide. Why not both? <laughs> but the thing is, like, the media has basically been going on about, oh, yeah, they managed to secure a draw, and that's a good thing. So, yeah. that I feel like my rant is still valid. I'd like to think that our, our rant helped that somehow <laughs> they heard us, and one of the quote unquote many listeners to this podcast. Oh yeah. Happened to put the Arsenal players onto this and they heard us and that is just it is key that after our podcast went out, their season has changed. Oh hell yes. So like it's not even when we recorded, when it went out. It was once we've gone out, after that, their season has changed around. Like they're undefeated since since our podcast. So I don't think it's Oh yeah. Definitely. So yeah, Arsenal fans, like, you know, money in the mail, well like, you know, we accept checks, unlike the banks. Do we accept checks? No, no, I just want to cash. Do we take money orders? Mm. The post office still technically will cash your money order. Fair enough, then, yeah. Then I'll take that. I'll accept that. I mean, it's a hassle. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. I just, uh, actually, at the moment, maybe not. Because I don't know if I can go into a post 
That's right. And cash is like really difficult. Damn it. Mm. Bitcoin. Not. We accept Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. We're a legitimate business. I think that's the people I'm asking friends on I'm sure like um, yeah, you know. set up a Petri- uh, we'll set up a Patreon where you can give us money. Yeah. We say that half checking like. Yes. Yes. Now looking at the actual table and the upcoming thing, like we're obviously no I don't want to talk about the silly season. We are definitely gonna have a I think like yeah. Chelsea have shown why we were considering them one of the favorites before mm-hmm. the season started. They've leading up to the after the international break and let's just say before the the big busy season like the rest of the month they have uh, three games at home which is nice away to Brentford I'm imagining they will have a strong away support contingent there they're playing Malmo uh, at home um, key fixture um, Southampton yeah. at home Norwich at home which is a good easy one and I hate to say it for Newcastle fans Southampton City the EFL, yeah. yeah, Southampton's an EFL fixture, which I'm not sure how Chelsea feel about the EFL this season. We'll find out. The yeah, Newcastle at home, so they're it's very doable. Like I'd be surprised if they weren't still top of the table leading into November. Um, they've got a couple of tough games in November: Leicester at away and United at home, and obviously yeah, yeah. Juve away. Burnley at home should be doable because I don't think Burnley are that good away from home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And say this in October or after the, the um, international break, you say it's pretty easy schedule. I mean, the only tough one there, strangely enough, is the Brentford game. Uh, and yeah. It's definitely going to be set away, so it's definitely going to be a yeah. tough match. And I think Brentford will back themselves. At least they're going to try and get a uh, oh, yeah. get a point, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure. no, it's going to be a super competitive game. It's actually going to be a really fun one to watch. Because, um, yeah, that's, at Brentford, they're going to be hells up all over it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, be fun fun to see as here that goes. Hopeful, but that is a really challenging game. Yeah. So hopefully we, we get the points out of that and and keep our, our run at the top I think going. You guys have the advantage of you're not like Arsenal who are going to be, who were surprised. You're not going to be yeah. surprised by, or you hope you're not going to be surprised by. Oh, we've had a reasonable amount of games to, to analyze to get for the but yeah. Yeah, the Brentford go. Community Stadium, their new one, I think that could become a fortress if they survive in the Premier League this season and go on to yeah. stay here for a number of seasons. Like, Brentford could be the London Stoke yeah. from back in a few years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, the third place we have another team that's looking fine. Um, yeah, Liverpool, they've had a mix, like they went mano a mano with Brentford for some reason instead of just closing them out and yeah. playing a sensible football, but like Klopp teams do that. But I think this Liverpool team is arguably as good a team as Klopp's ever had, and they're playing like it too. Yeah. So Liverpool have Atletico away, which is a tough fixture. Um, obviously, a league fixture at Wat uh, at Watford and Manchester United, and then they're playing Preston North End. So three, uh, four away fixtures in a row before they play Brighton at home. So it's a tough month. That is a tough month. I'm sure Preston. I'm saying it's tough because I don't think Liverpool will play a first team. Um, no, no. They will play youth players and whatnot in that game, and then they've got Atletico at home. West Ham away, Arsenal at home, Porto, excuse me, at home, who they should beat because they thrashed Porto away. Yeah, yeah. 
and mm. uh, Southampton at home. So it's a tricky group of fixtures for uh, Liverpool in the Premier League. Yeah. So this is the thing for teams like City and United. That's where they can pounce on Liverpool's position yeah. and try and go ahead of them. Well, it's tricky in the Champions League for them as well. I think they've got yeah, yeah, yeah. home and away. Yeah. That's key to them. Be key to them going yeah. forward as well. I know they've got. But they also have a home game against Porto up, up, you know, in the in hand for them to yeah to make up for it. But that being because I think even Liverpool would be fine with finishing second in that group. They're I not. Suppose, yeah. They're not in a threat for going third. No, saying keeping the top spot there. But because I think Liverpool want to focus on trying to at least finish third in the Premier League, if not go for the win, depending on how the teams above them are playing. Yeah, yeah. Following on from Liverpool, we Manchester City currently third place. Um, they have a home game against Burnley uh, away to Club Bruges. Once again, key fixture for City there. If Bruges managed to get a win there, I think that's basically City's qualification hopes done um, in, the Euro- yeah. in the UEFA Champions League. Um, Brighton uh, away, tough fixture again. Uh, West Ham away, tough fixture. And then yeah. Crystal Palace at home, which they should do. Uh, West Ham away is also a Carabao Cup. I don't know, like I said, I don't, uh, I don't know how much City will care, but even a City B or C team are going to be pretty good at the moment. Yeah. I thought that maybe depending on how much West Ham they carry, which I assume is a bit because it's a cup um, for them. So yeah, that could uh, be a big difference there. They've got Club Bruges to play, uh, and they've got a Manchester derby coming up. Ooh, yeah, they've got a, the uh, a home game against Everton, a home game against West Ham in the Premier League, and and in between those two fixtures, they get. They host Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, and Neymar at the Etihad for a revenge fixture. I feel like yeah. City, uh, Paris, PSG are going to go at them for the jugular here. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a very tough fixture. Hey, heck, you're playing Lionel Messi. Obviously, it's a very tough fixture. Yeah. So City have a tough month ahead and a tough group of EPL fixtures as well to go ahead. So they could... Um, I don't think they're going to lose momentum just because they have such a deep squad and so many players competing. But there is a element of players a bit disgruntled because they're not getting enough game time at City. Yeah, and yeah. that lack of striker, like a lack of striker in a, in that game against potentially like Brighton away could hurt them. That lack of striker in that game against Manchester United. Like they basically play Ronaldo and Messi in a fortnight. Yeah. So those two games could, you know, that lack of striker could really hurt them. So City's season, um, you, you know, if they basically lose out on Champions League, it could basically make it so that the league is everything for them at that point. Like, if they don't, if they have a season where they don't win the Champions League, don't win the Premier League, and potentially another English club wins the Champions League, that's going to be hard to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be a very bitter pull to swallow. Like I don't think cups will do it. No, no. At that point, though they might, they will probably win a cup. I'm not, you know, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Fourth place team, uh, the other Manchester side. Manchester United have a t- uh, very tricky fixture coming with Leicester uh, away, uh, and they have a home game against Atalanta, who are top of the table at. Very tricky fixture. Liverpool at home, an incredibly tricky fixture. And Tottenham Hotspur away. 
Now, this is basically make or break for United. If they don't come away with the results here, they could basically say bye-bye to the Premiership, like, you know, competing for the Premiership yeah, this yeah. season. They definitely need to beat Atlanta. If they can, that's a statement win. They need to be able to beat a club like Atlanta at home and then hopefully, and then when they go to the return fixture in Atlanta, they need to try and win that fixture as well. They've got City at home, as we mentioned previously. So these are statement wins. Like, they need to get wins again. Because if City, if United with these, these three fixtures where they don't have a Carabao Cup, so they don't have the congestion that the other clubs are facing next month. They only have yeah. four versus five fixtures. Those games where, where you've got Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, and City in a row, uh, four games uh, of the 12 points. If they can manage to get about eight points, that keeps them in the race, I think. That's a very good return for facing a bunch of really good sides in the Premier League. and. Yeah. Not too far from that, they play Watford at Watford, um, which I don't know how Watford are going to be this season, but I feel like that's a game United don't want to drop points. Like, that's a game they could easily end up drawing, just because Celsar team seems to do that. Yeah. Um, and they've got Villarreal away as well. Like, that's a key fixture, because United, I think, cannot rely on finishing third or uh, or finishing fourth this season they need to stay in europe they if they don't go far into the champions league a, a deep champions league run they need uh you know they need to win the europa league this season yeah, if yeah. that doesn't happen if they finish third which is very possible um and then they've got chelsea away so they're yeah so let's include chelsea and watford in there you've got uh about uh 12 plus six uh 18 points on offer. They need to be getting at least 12 points, I want to say. Thought, 12, maybe are, even 12 is not enough. Maybe 13, 14 points they need to get. That's a lot of points with those fixtures as well. So it's looking at this thing. It's a pretty tough fix away for some of them as well. And I think Chelsea are going to have momentum. As, as we've looked yeah. at, Chelsea look like they've had the easiest schedule yeah. of that. Like City and United have a very tough schedule and Liverpool have an okay schedule compared to City and United. I think Liverpool's schedule is reasonably tough, but yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I prefer Liverpool's schedule over United or City's, really. Yeah. And obviously Chelsea's best of all. Yeah, yeah. But that's like the make or break. This is the make or break. And then because this is what sets them up for the uh, silly season. If they don't get these results go their way. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could get fired by the end of November, yeah, yeah, depending yeah. on how those fixtures fall out. So that is how dire it is at United. Uh, going out of the top four, we move on to Everton, who have... I mean, let's just do the top six, just because I don't want to go yeah. all the way down to Spurs. <laughs> our... <laughs> do we want to look at Spurs and Arsenal, especially just because they're quote-unquote... Uh, Super League clubs. Yeah, let's let's look at them. But we'll do the top six plus Spurs. Yeah, top six plus Spurs and Arsenal. So Everton only have two matches next month. So very good. They can easily get two wins from these matches. West Ham at home, Watford at home. Yeah. Winnable games. Wolverhampton away. Winnable game as well. Again, and and then they face Everton at. Uh, uh, sorry, they play Spurs at home. So yeah. four very winnable games. And if they're in that uh, momentum that before they 
face City at the City Ground um, at at Man- City of Manchester Stadium or the Etihad. That's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to give them their best chance to win. And then they play Brentford at Brentford. So there's two tough fixtures at the end of November. But because they have a very light schedule, that's very they could go into the top four, especially if United drop points. And United could drop points. Even yeah, City yeah. could drop points. But looking yeah. at their schedule, exactly. Um, no, I think you're right. Like Everton, it's tough games, but winnable games for them. Uh, yeah. And if they pick up their points, they're heading towards playing City. Say so they could be a bunch of City. City can drop their points. United can drop their points. Um, so yeah, Everton could definitely get into the top four. They're only their only goal difference behind. <laughs> they yeah. are on 14 points along with Brighton. So yeah, that's definite possibility with that sort of schedule that they could be top four. If they could be top three or top two, really. Almost. If, if Liverpool drop points as well, Chelsea drop points. Absolutely. Yeah. Now Brighton. Um, I'm even though they are currently at, in sixth place, I'm gonna say that they are still targeting uh, survival. Yeah. Uh, they're currently on 14 points out of seven games, so they've done a good job. Um, they play Norwich, which should be a and even uh, that's a game they should try to win because that could, you know, potentially relegation six pointer if they end up getting into a relegation scrap yeah, yeah. as the season progresses because they're going to play some tough games after that. They've got their host Manchester City and then they go play Leicester uh, at, Le- at Leicester, Liverpool at Liverpool before they come back to facing Newcastle at home, Villa at Villa. That's going to be a tough game and Leeds at home. Yeah. So there's very few points on offer there. So they need to try and get points from Newcastle, need to try and get, you know, three points from Newcastle, three points yeah. from Norwich, Norwich, three points from Villa if they can, and three points from Leeds because there's, yeah, yeah. You know, there's all these other top sides, quote unquote, that they're going to face. And that's going to potentially, if they could get like Norwich and Newcastle and maybe another three points from somewhere else, that's nine points with their, to go with their 14, 23 points. From probably... yeah, twenty three points from one, two, three, four, five, six, six plus uh seven, thirteen games, that's pretty good. That would yeah. I think they'd take that. They would take that. That would be um I mean, yes, I get that. They quite possibly will be still knocking on the doors of the top the top six there, or even yeah. top yeah, two, yeah. You know, same goal difference keeping them out of the top four. So I think that would be very um this could be a very, well. very even at the top. And if we have a very poor Norwich this season, we could end up with a situation where 40 points is not enough to yeah. avoid relegation. Like this could, I, I am feeling maybe even as high as 45 points might be, it might get you relegated Ooh. this season. It is possible. If Norwich drop a lot of points, like that's how the averages just end up working out, right? Yeah, yeah. If you have a very poor last place side then you you know you're leading everybody else is getting points yeah 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 and the top clubs are dropping points as well so that means mid-table clubs are getting a lot of points and maybe even lower table clubs are getting a lot of points so i'm just feeling it like it's going to be a tough relegate like if the top is unstable the relegation battle is even more unstable i think yeah yeah especially now that we know newcastle are going to get good players in january to help them survive relegation like a bunch of players are just going to be given a like six month contracts to play really well and earn their spot and you know come in on loan whatever you know yeah, yeah. they're just okay that's actually the point there'll be a lot of loan players i'm sure because there'll be a bunch of players who aren't playing regular football <coughs> the whole Chelsea squad um, yeah who maybe you know 
know Newcastle United may be able to throw enough money at uh, loan deal to tip them or tip the clubs into whether they go better for like depending on yeah we're looking Europe wide depending on how different um, Champions League and European campaigns are going if people are not and clubs are not making it through that and potentially yeah sending getting some people's um, salaries paid for you by going on yeah, yeah. to Newcastle is a, a good deal for you yeah like well put in the clause that you can you know, cancel the loan if someone, particular people get injured and not have to pay for their things, don't need the depths really, but you haven't played in the local league, quite possible. Yeah, um, I think also the these players might not even need a, a a clause like that for Chelsea because the squad is so deep. But, you know, uh, if they were being loaned from, like, uh, Manchester City even, yeah. wouldn't you? Like, if Manchester City are in the Europa League, I'm not saying they will be but if they manage to somehow fall that far then i think a bunch of players like you know like i think manchester city at that point would target the europa league because that's a league they should win that should be their statement to be like at least we also won a european trophy yeah, yeah. this season like if it'd be very difficult to guarantee a premiership yeah if manchester city are in the europa league like look Raheem Sterling, who's not getting regular game time, or Riyad Mahrez, who's not getting regular game time, or Bernardo Silva, who's not regularly getting regular game time. One of those three players be loaned to Newcastle? That's a lot of goals. Not that I yeah. think they need wingers. That's a position they've got. But they've got Callum Wilson, who's a good striker. Um, They've got um, St. Maxim on one wing. If they get a Mahrez or a Sterling on another wing or Sterling playing a false nine, that's suddenly a decent side. Um, Maybe they just need to loan in another uh, midfielder, maybe Jesse Lingard. Yeah, yeah. Go there. Or maybe a uh, uh, Donny van der Beek decides to go there. There's a lot of possibilities here. Um, I don't think United are going to loan players. Their squad is uh, too shallow, yeah, as yeah. it is. Same with Liverpool, but there's uh, there's clubs around Europe that you know potentially uh, Barcelona. We know could, uh, can't afford to pay a lot of their players. Maybe they loan Pedri with the yeah. view to buy. Maybe. Why not? Or yeah. if they loan Pedri, he plays a season in the Premier League. That's Chopping him in the Premier League to go, hey guys, do you want to buy this guy? He's pretty good. We need yeah, money. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a good point, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that there's always possibilities there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, if you're a relegation club, like if Newcastle can get to at least about, I say, 18 points by the January transfer window. They can buy players to kind of guarantee themselves a, a survival, but that's yeah. just going to make it really hard for everybody else in the relegation battle, which we will get into. Um, now, the Super League clubs who are not in the top six, um, the Gunners and the Lily Whites. So Arsenal face, uh, they are, uh, they've only got four games as well, even though they are still in the Carabao Cup. Um, that's what happens when you don't have European football to worry about. Yeah. Um, do you play? They've got Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leeds at the Carab- for the Carabao Cup, and Leicester in the Premier League. Um, these are all tough games. Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester—all clubs that will believe they can beat Arsenal and will try and get yeah. points off them. Uh, Watford at home is a cl- game they 
desperately will need to win, and obviously they need to beat Newcastle at home. In between there, they've got an away fixture at Liverpool. Mm. This is where Arteta's going to have to be at his tactical best, because if he starts punching Liverpool, going on the jugular and going all attack, Klopp seems to want to do the same. Yeah. And Liverpool seem to want to do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is how you can potentially get a point at Liverpool, like the way Brentford did, or try and sneak away with a win. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Liverpool are too good for Arsenal. I'm yeah. sorry. I think Liverpool will beat Arsenal, and I think Leicester will beat Arsenal. So I think those games against you know, Palace at home, Villa at home, Leeds at home, they're vital. Because yeah. if those games are losses, suddenly Arsenal's in the relegation hunt again. Yeah, exactly. And like Crystal Palace and Aston Villa have been playing pretty good. Good football, and yeah. Despite, and despite and now, Villa have a good squad, and Leeds have a good squad. Crystal Palace have a good squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, despite our motivational speech for Arsenal, I, I feel both those games at the end, or through the rest of um, October, are going to be damn hard for those, like for Arsenal. That's kind of, they may have had a bit of an uplift, but I don't see many points coming out of this. In the North London League, um, I still don't see there being a St. Totteringham's Day this year. Which, by the way, if you're not a Spurs or Arsenal fan, St. Totteringham's Day is the day of the year where it becomes mathematically impossible for Spurs to catch up to Arsenal. <laughs> it has not happened in the last, I think, five years of European yeah, yeah. Uh, last five seasons. Um, but yes, Arsenal, I don't see a St. Tottenham's Day happening this season. Um, and yeah, the uh, Arsenal are going to be having a... Uh, yeah, there's, they could... Uh, because Arteta's still so inexperienced, I, I think he's... Uh, you know, like at least with uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, he's got, I, he's got, I think, a bit more tactical nous. Like there are games yeah, yeah. where I think Nuno will, can get... Uh, Spurs a win. I don't think there there are. It's harder for uh, Arteta to do that. I'm not saying it's impossible. Arteta is still probably. But the on the other hand, Spurs are still in Europe and Arsenal are not. So don't know um, how that will work out for them. Yeah. Speaking of which, so Spurs because they're outside the top six. If they win the Europa Conference League, the team that finishes. Um, Sixth will not go through to the Europa League because uh, Spurs will qualify ahead of them. They'll go to the. Um, sorry, the Europa. The... Sorry, the. Yeah, you're right. They'll go to the Conference League instead of going to the Europa League. Uh, sorry, yeah. is what I meant to say. Uh, the team yeah, that. Yeah. Unless two key teams, uh, so unless there's two clubs outside the top six win a cup, and they're not in, uh, and that can happen this season as well, given how competitive it is, and yeah. Spurs somehow win a Conference League, and another English club win a Europa League, yeah, it could it could totally happen that we have a uh, an English threefer in Europe, um, and also like two clubs outside the top six win the cups, so it basically means only the fifth place side. Uh, sorry, the t- club finishing fifth could finish as low could be in the conference league. Yeah, that's crazy. entirely possible. Because I could yeah. see Spurs winning the conference league. I'm not. Uh, I'm not being sarcastic here. I think they're probably the strongest team in the Europa Conference League. Yeah, yeah. After Roma. Okay. 
with Mourinho's yeah. Roma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or with along with Mourinho's Roma, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And we should do an update on, on Roma after that. We should talk about Roma, definitely. So uh, Tottenham have Newcastle away, and I don't know how that game's going to go because Newcastle fans are going to be totally joyous. Um, They've got Vitus Arnhem game away once again while not an easy fixture one spurs should look to win because they mm. should look to attempt to win the conference league and the they've got west ham away which is a tough game um burnley away which is a tough game and they're hosting manchester united um so they have a tough month coming yeah. ahead for them but the game against vitus game against newcastle are winnable fixtures and even though game against west ham is a winnable fixture yeah and spurs have do tend to beat United at home. So that's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they host Vitus. Um, they go away to Everton, which is potentially a very tough game. Um, they yeah. host Leeds, which once again, it's a must win and it's a can win. Um, so they should not... Um, NS, uh, they face NS Mura and Burnley. So yeah, 10 games for Spurs, but I can see Spurs almost... Those are all winnable games for Spurs. Spurs could win every single premiership game in that fixture list and that yeah. would not surprise me at all that would uh, be a little surprising given the form so far the fact that they already get consistent I think but, um, it would just basically be if Harry Kane suddenly just goes alright I'm going to play now yeah yeah I've got over my little sulking and I'll be another good city I'll actually play football for Spurs now it's fine yeah look see how good I am yeah, yeah. there you go I got you a conference league there you go a European trophy how can many I of go... those have Arsenal won in the last X number of years? Can I go to City now, please? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but now, looking at the quote-unquote more interesting side of the table, we have Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, um, Southampton, uh, I think very much so in the relegation dog hunt, and Leeds yeah. United as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Leeds have a good squad and they're going to be tough to beat. Um, mm. they're, they're looking like they're, they're doing well enough this, so, so far in the season to almost be out of the dog. Yeah. Like, I think they're that, of it. They're that game against, Yeah, that game against Southampton is vital. Yeah. Um, the obviously they have a tough game against Wolves as well, uh, though they should at home do well. If they lose that game against Arsenal and are, don't have to worry about the Carabao Cup anymore, um, they've got another six-pointer against New uh, Norwich. Um, they've got a tough game against Leicester, yeah. Spurs as we mentioned, and Brighton, which is a, next again Brighton want to guarantee survival, so they might see that as a six-pointer. Yeah. That that said. Six premiership fixtures there. Um, Leeds, I think, can... I think at least should get uh, the one against Norwich and yeah. be uh, the one against Wolves. Then, well, at yeah, least a draw against Wolves. Yeah, part, so. even a, draw, a, a couple of draws here and there. Yeah. Then, they, if they can get six points in total from those fixtures, that might... Then again, it might not be enough. Like I said, you know Newcastle are probably going out of that, going out yeah. of that if they buy the players. That they're, or at least they're going to change things up. So this is well, the thing. I think six points there is keeping themselves ahead of Southampton far enough and Burnley and Norwich. Like that's more Burnley 
Yeah. I mean, that's they, the game for them, right? Is keep a heel to the people below you. They're already they've right. currently got a whole win buffer. Is it? Pretty much. I think you're right. And I think I'd be more worried if I were Burnley because they've mm. got City. They've got a six pointer again with Southampton. Southampton, if they can beat Leeds and Burnley, that's. I think that's puts a big yeah. shot in the arm. They might even push up to mid table. And both there. of those. Both of those at home over the next two weeks. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. But that's a very... I know it's early in the season, but that's a key moment for them. Yeah, like. absolutely. Um, And I think from there, you've got... But, but Burnley, basically, they have... um, so They've got City away. That They're going to lose that. I'm not... Yeah. Uh, Southampton, three point, uh, six-pointer, which is very losable. Um. Spurs at home. Once again, Spurs are no easy beats, and Spurs are going to fight them. That's Carabao um, Cup, though, so. Yeah, Carabao Cup, but uh, I think they might even be happy to lose that game. But then Brentford at home, once again, not an easy fixture. Chelsea away. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace at home, and then Spurs at home again. Yeah, that's a tough group of fixtures, and if Burnley... if I could even see Burnley not get a point. From yeah. those games. So, if obviously if that happens, they're relegated. And obviously, I never count out uh, Sam Dyche. Oh, yeah. if you are uh, the Saudi Arabian owners of Newcastle, do you get somebody like uh, the uh, somebody like Sam Allardyce for six months just to keep them from getting relegated, and then? Bring in Conte next season. New start. Mm. That that could be an interesting way. I guess it's yeah. I don't know. Temporary it's, manager. Um, I'm just obviously how likely are you get, Yeah, how likely is he still get Conte in June? I guess is the is the answer. I think if they you... sign a pre-contract with Conte and just be like, look, we don't want you to be tainted with. If we don't get if we don't get relegated, come to us. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why you're not, you know, it doesn't hurt your record. You got a club relegated. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there is that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Conte would care. I think Conte would back himself. Yeah, I think so too. Now, if this is Newcastle's fixtures all change. If Conte is the manager next week, everything changes. Almost yeah. pretty much everything changes. Um, we're gonna have a bunch of people tried out at the wing back position. Right, we're gonna have a bunch yeah. of people uh, tried out in the back three. Um, I'm almost certain they're gonna look to try and get a goalkeeper on loan. I don't know who, but they're gonna try. Yeah, maybe Kaylor Nevas from PSG. Maybe because he's right. uh, obviously incredibly good. Yeah, yeah. But they have Danorama, who's like obviously better. Like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kaylor Nevas is incredibly good, and he's somebody who can like you know help you fight, and is like been there, done that sort of player. Uh, they've got, but yeah, Newcastle play Spurs. If it's Conte versus Spurs, that's a very with Nuno, that's going to be a very interesting fixture. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so I'm going to assume Conte is in charge, or somebody like Sam Allardyce is in charge. I don't think Steve Bruce is there. Just, no. just not happening. No, he's going to be uh, gone in days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was was looking before, so I was surprised he hasn't already gone. Like, yeah. So Newcastle, uh, 
the with Crystal Palace away, Chelsea away. So there's probably look we're probably looking at uh, while it's an interesting fixture and everything like that. Newcastle with playing Spurs at home that might be their first win, uh, like an, uh, under the new regime. Um, but then playing Crystal Palace away might be a loss. And then obviously I think hosting Chelsea, Chelsea need to win this game. Yeah. Obviously, Chelsea starts dropping points to Newcastle. We're look, we're seeing a bunch of you know, Chelsea lose its advantage like a relatively easy run in before the yeah, yeah. exactly. I think uh, right, that's just Chelsea can't drop this. So. Yeah, and then they've got Brighton at home. Uh, they've got Brighton away, which is it's like a tough fixture hosting Brentford, and then they're playing Arsenal away. So there's no there's, it's not easy for Newcastle. Whoever their new no. manager is gonna have to earn their stripes. I think and he's if it's like I said, if it's a Conte, a bunch of people will be tried out in the wing back position and like about you know, they're gonna change their entire style of play. Allardyce yeah, yeah. might be a bit easier. But if they are gonna try a bunch of different things and have a whole new different style of play the you know that first month in October could be tough, but then they might be hitting their stride in November, which it, which would be very difficult for Brighton, Brentford, and Arsenal. Yeah. Like yeah, you could go from like zero points in October to like nine points in November, and like yeah, yeah. you know they're getting there in a canter. That could just be Newcastle's season. That could be. Yeah. Who knows? And it's like it's all up in the air. But... And with Newcastle guaranteed to like at least get a change in manager and a bunch of new players come in in January, yeah. um, I think it's just tough for Norwich to get up, right? Like they have to hope Burnley, Southampton, and Leeds have a really tough run of form for the, and they hit some form. Um, they have to play uh, Brighton at home, like they need to win that game. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Um, they've got Chelsea away. Like if Chelsea lose to Norwich and Newcastle, that's I think almost giving Li- Liverpool the lead. Yeah, the oh, Premier League. Like, like that's just. So I'm not. I don't think that's gonna happen. By the way, at all. I'm just like saying that that is like one of the things. And then Norwich are playing because it's a banana peel game. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they've got Leeds to play. That's a six-pointer. If they can beat Leeds, Norwich, um, and then even if they get a point against Brentford, and then if they manage to somehow beat Southampton, like, you know, suddenly the whole relegation battle takes a whole turn. So I wouldn't lose hope as a Norwich fan because, again, I think Newcastle are going to shake things up. And a bunch of teams could, like, you know, lose drop points, lose momentum, and then face Norwich, um, yeah. including Newcastle, who they yeah. first happens to be their first game in December, but will not go that far into it. But even then, playing Wolves, like, Wolves are a team that I think, they're ninth. Like, everybody who's below Arsenal, and I think, and also Arsenal, probably, <laughs> are not guaranteed to not be in the relegation scrap. Like, I think, apart from maybe Leicester, who I think will shoot up yeah, yeah. As the season progresses, but less. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Other than Leicester, I think all those teams could all easily fall into at least for a while struggling for. And Arsenal's already struggled at at for relegation. At yeah, some yeah. Point this season. 
No, I agree that because you know we're talking. I know Brighton's all about fourteen points. But I think we're rightfully talking about Brighton and some of these games being potential six pointers because yeah, their their season's not gonna probably not gonna keep going as well as it has been. So they'll start stalling at some point, which may mean they get close to the relegation fight. Especially as you say, with all these points that could potentially be up. So that the relegation threshold is going to be a bit higher. Like, they've done well, just getting yeah. closer to that whatever magic number it is already. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the wheels might come with Brentford as well. They could yeah. stretch down. Aston Villa, possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you're right. Norwich, it's been a dreadful, dreadful start. Um, yes. Season, but I think Every, a Norwich lot of fans, teams have had dreadful starts and. Yeah. Things are wibbly wobbly, but once again, I think it's gonna to be tough. I think you will need at least forty-five points. Might be the might get still get you relegated this season. Yeah, yeah. So I think it'll be yeah, it'll be very very tough for Norwich. Um, but yeah, the greatest gets somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and we've 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 plotted their potential path to a great escape. Yeah, I don't think it's happening, but it it exists at least. Yeah, yeah. And the and at this point, with the number of relegation six pointers and their schedule, it is still in their own hands. If they win those games, and those guys don't win games, you know, against higher tiered op- opponents, you are suddenly in the driving seat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all right, the and like I said, if that does happen, it. You know, it will really throw a wrench into things because you're almost getting, you're probably getting the most even distribution of points for a while. That's happened in the Premier League. Yeah. At all levels. And yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, for one, hope it happens because I think 45 points uh, to get you relegated might actually get Arsenal relegated, and that would be fun. fun. That would make me laugh. That would make it all worthwhile. Oh, yeah. I don't care if United don't qualify for Europe at all and are, like, you know, not playing in any of the leagues or any of that. If Arsenal get relegated, that would be funny enough that I'd go, okay. You accept that future. I'll accept that future. Also... On the proviso that also the Champions League final is between Sheriff, uh, Tiraspol, and uh, Young Boys, or Club Rouge. Yeah, no, I, I think that'd be fine as well. I'll accept that too. Uh, enough of a, a wacky... Funny because that would be so funny on Fiorentino Perez. <laughs> like, these clubs are boring, they shouldn't be here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, Mourinho watch. Mourinho what point watch. in the season, Mourinho looked like he was about to revolutionize and get Roma into their first uh, Syria title since the glory days of Hideyoshi Nakata and um, uh, the, in the two, uh, I believe it was in the 2001 season, but could be 2000. And yeah. Totti, Francesco Totti as well. That was the other player whose name was escaping me because, you know, I'm an idiot. But the Mourinho managed to bring his boy, Abraham. Yeah. 
uh, in on loan to uh, Roma, and he's uh, he he's he somehow managed to lose a very close encounter against Lazio, um, and had had said some. Uh, he decided to have a team meeting in the middle of the uh, pitch, uh, while the Roma and Lazio fans managed to growl and scream at them. <laughs> so I don't. So he's still Mourinho, is what I'm saying. He's not. Yeah. He celebrated with the Roman pizza after his first win in the uh, league, but so far seven games, five wins, two losses. Um, so he's definitely still in with a shout. Um, they've got uh, an incredibly important fixture coming up against Juve, who are not even in the top four at the moment. Seven games with three wins, uh, two draws and two losses. Um, lots of people thinking the problem at Juve was Cristiano Ronaldo. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, and... I'm everything at the moment, yeah. Yeah, and so and Hella the the other loss he had was against Hellas Verona, uh, the 1986 Serie A champions. Um, But he, I believe, he's not he's not lost a game at home yet, so that's good. Um, He's also managed to get a a win in the Conference League, so uh, including a impressive five-one win against uh, CSKA Moscow. Oh yeah. So back in the day, who were perennial, um, you know, uh, competitor, not competitors, but perennially taking part in the Champions League, well, no longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, that could be. Uh, how do do we like the chances of how do we like the chances of Roma? Like I think Roma can easily qualify for a Champions League spot this season. I think that's in their hands. That's definitely yeah. something Mourinho will be able to deliver for them. Six points behind Napoli already after seven games. As have is that too far? Napoli are undefeated, by the way, hundred percent, managing to get yeah, twenty-one yeah. points in their seven games. Yeah. A Fifteen ga- uh, goal difference. I think. The thing there to me is just how good Napoli's looking. Yes, I agree. Like, it, yes, Roma could really catch them if Napoli stopped being as good as they are. But I just doesn't seem likely at the moment. Like, so they have a tough group of fixtures coming up as well. Like they've got Juve coming up, Caligari at uh, away, which means they have to travel all the way to Sardinia for that. Uh, Cagliari, I should say. Yeah. And obviously they're playing Napoli at home. That's a must win. If uh, followed by that, they've got AC Milan at home. Yeah. Another tough game. Uh, obviously two. Uh, they've got a bunch of Europa Conference League games. I'm just gonna assume um, Roma's winning their Europa Conference League games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just um, B squad, C squad, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've playing Venezia, Genoa. Those are obviously away. The Roma has not been as good away from home as we've mentioned. So these are yeah. they want to try and improve their away form, and then they're hosting Torino, which I think they're gonna win against Torino at home. Um, so yeah, Juve away could be another away loss. Just looking at that, that feels like a banana peel for Mourinho there. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it looks very tough for him to win, uh, to get to catch up to Napoli. Let's looking yeah. at Napoli's run of fixtures coming up. They've got Torino at home, which I think they can win. Legia Warsaw in the Europa League. Um, I think Legia Warsaw are a very good side at, in the Europa League level, but I think Napoli are like you know a team that generally always play in the Champions League, so there's a difference yeah, yeah. there. They've got, uh, we mentioned there's that clash against Roma, and I think Napoli yeah. are going to be obviously trying their best to win that game. Um, they'll be up for it. If they play Bologna uh, at home. Once again, I feel like that's a win. Yeah. There's Salernitana, who I think are one of the clubs who uh, got promoted from Serie B. So Napoli, even though it's a way fixture, they should win that. They play Hellas Verona, who beat Roma, but I think Napoli will beat them. Um, Inter, Inter away could be a tough game. That's probably actually the top of the table clash. The, which of the what of, one of those two teams will win the league if they uh, are going to be one of the? I think it, if there isn't, if Napoli don't run away with it, it'll be Inter or AC Milan that are fighting them for that. Yeah, spot, yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. AC is the one that's keeping closest um, track of Yeah. But I feel like AC is going to sell a bunch of players to potentially to a bunch of clubs in the January market. Yeah, yeah. Um, They still need to balance their books. Balance their books a bit, yeah. And so does Inter. So this is why I think Napoli are a bit better off. Like, Napoli's owner is rich and has been spending money wisely. Yeah, yeah. So, and so I think actually make an interesting impact there. They say, look, Napoli's going to stall ahead instead mm. of be impacted. But yeah, how does it impact the two Milan clubs? And, and how the things, how much do they have to, who do they have to get rid of? Yeah. Or who can they hang on to over January while still keeping the books balanced? Yeah. And there isn't think... a big silly season, I don't think. Uh, in this series, yeah, uh, I think uh, they basically have a winter break after. So they play a game, Napoli yeah. play a game on the 23rd, and then they have a winter break till January the 7th. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think it'll be similar for all the other clubs. Um, so. I suppose it, there's potentially a little bit of a congestion at the end of January then. We got, I was looking at Romans. Milan on the 7th of January, Juventus on the 10th of January, Cipollari on the 17th. So that's three within, oh, it's not so bad, three within 10 days, but little Yeah. I mean, that's compared by Premier League standards, that's yeah, very, yeah. that's breezy. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the. No Serie A title, I think, in our first season for Mourinho, but he needs... Uh, he usually doesn't do it in the first season, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Second. First season's a little boss. Second season's Yeah, Third season's yeah. crazy. I mean, I think, though, he could finish second if the Milan clubs drop points, sell players, yeah, yeah. whatnot. Yeah, I think yeah, second's definitely doable. First relies on Napoli to, to stumble big enough um, and for Roma to... Find a bit more consistency away from home to to, cap- to be in a position to capitalize. 
Yeah. But yeah. Looking like top four is definitely okay, it's within their it's within their control. And there's nothing saying that uh Roma will not get about a couple a few good players in the January transfer window, especially as I'm sure uh I'm sure uh, Mourinho loves having Chris Smalling in the middle of his defense. Yeah. Um and he's got uh Mikateri, Henrik Mikatarian and Tammy Abraham, a bunch of players he's worked with before and I think he will he can look to get the best out of. Yeah. Um yeah, there's uh def- there's definitely uh potential for uh Mourinho to go up the thing, but like I said, I think Napoli just looked too good. Syria yeah. the first Syria for Napoli since Diego Maradona was at the club. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be incredible? Just That'd a year after incredible. the great man passes away. Yeah, that would actually be pretty awesome. That's but, a bit of daring to dream. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the uh, yeah, I think Napoli are stacked. That for a Syria <laughs> club, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll obviously see as the season progresses. But yeah, he's doing. He's about exactly where I expected Mourinho to be with with Roma. Yeah, would that be fair? Yeah, this is pretty much where I was definitely expecting him to be. Um, I think this is a bit of my prediction. Yeah, I was, I was expecting oh. him to be fourth, maybe third or second. Mm. And by the end of season, it seems to be on track for that. I think also Juventus and Atalanta are going to make their way into the top four somehow. So Roma have to be careful they don't drop points. They need to oh, yeah. really try and get push up because if, yeah, they if the Milan the clubs go out of the thing, we know that Atalanta and Juve are the guys who are going to go after them. Yeah, yeah. And Lazio I mean, they're as well. Only, yeah. And these teams, are, they're on 11 points. They're only four points behind Roma. So. Yeah. Absolutely. But as you yeah. say, can't rest. Got a little bit of sorting out those away, away extra woes, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah, and Atala- Atalanta are always, you know, they always are clever. Yeah. Uh, with what they do, um, so yeah, definitely expect them to, uh, go, uh, go up the table. I don't know if they will finish top four, uh, but yeah. Definitely. Uh, they losing that game against Milan has probably hurt them. Yeah. But but hey, if they're planning on winning the Champions League. Yeah. That's the thing for both Juventus um, and Atlanta is that they do have Champions League um, distract- yes. distractions, but they've also got a Champions League to deal with. So. Yeah, and Inter as well. And oh yes, and Inter as well. So and, yeah. And AC, but I mean, that appears to be much less of a um, concern. ongoing concern <laughs> for them. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Anyways, I think that's all we have time for for now. Um, definitely. We'll definitely be talking to you guys a bit more. But I think for now, that we'll say goodbye and thank you for listening. See you next time.